0: A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa Salatu Wa Salamu Ala Sayyidina Wanabiyina Nabiyyina Wa Habibi Qulubina Wa Shafi'i Dunubina Wa Tabib Nufusina Abil Qasim mustafa Muhammad Allahumma Salla Ala Muhammad Wa Ala Muhammad Wa Ajjil Farajahum وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين واللعنة الدائمة على أعدائهم أجمعين من الآن إلى قيام يوم الدين. for the love of our beloved prophet and his beloved progeny, please recite a second loud salawat. Allahu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad wa ajil farajhum for the hastening in the return of our beloved twelfth imam. a third final loud salawat. Allahumma salli muhammadin wa ala muhammad wa farajahum. Tonight, inshallah we'll continue with the tafsir of Surah Al-Insan. In the first session, we went through the first verse of the surah, and we discussed quite a bit about one of the main points that we understand from uh, the first verse of the surah. The first verse of the surah started out like this, A'udhu Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim هَلْ أَتَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ Has it not come for the human being? Has this type of a time not come upon the human being? That the human being was something that was not even worthy of mentioning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking this question, and we know that this is not a question. He's trying to draw your attention and my attention to the fact that there was a time where the human being was really nothing. And the fact that this time was not too long ago. For some of us it might have been 20 years ago, for some of us it might have been 30 years ago, whatever the case was before we were birthed into this world, before we came into this world. But regardless, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is not a long time ago. Yes, for us, when we live a hundred years, that's a long time. If you take this hundred years and you compare it to those who live like a thousand years, then a hundred years is nothing. There's a famous hadith from Nuh alayhi salam that the angel of Malik al came to him and wanted to take his life. And he came to him and he saw that his life is a very modest life and his house is a very modest house and that this house can barely even bear him living inside of it. And he turned to Nuh, he said, Nuh, you living for hundreds of years, 900-something years, and this is the house that you've been living in, a very modest house. It seems like as though you didn't really work on your house too much. And Nuh a.s. responds in that hadith to this angel. He says, yes, I lived you know, hundreds of years, but what's 900 years for me to spend my life working on my house? Yes? And then the Jibrail, not Jibrail, the angel of Malikul Maud tells Noor. Says Noor, there's going to come a time where people won't even live as long as you live, and still they'll spend their whole life working on their house instead of working for their hereafter. So this time, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is saying, this time has come that you were nothing, and this was not too long ago we understood a point from this verse that seemed to be a reoccurring theme in the verses of the Qur'an. It seemed to be something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings up over and over again. It's not one point that he mentions and he moves along. It seems as though this idea of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminding the human being where he came from is a reoccurring theme in the verses of the Qur'an. And you will find this in other verses of the Quran as well. We went through some of these. We said, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the human being that there was a time where he was taken, a mithaq was taken from him, a covenant was taken from him, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is his Lord. bala All of the human beings there bear witness to this. Then when things became difficult for the Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded them of where they came from, which was a much more difficult time. وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ antum qalilum fil Remember, if things are difficult now, you all are in Medina and you have fear of Quraysh that is in Mecca and still has its power, then know that there was a time where you all were extremely weak. You were even weaker than you are today. And we protected you during that time. You were afraid that people could come and just wipe you out. Now you're not worried about that. Now you see yourself as a power. Whereas before it wasn't like that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes them back to that time, reminds them again of that time. And then we said when it comes to the issue of what we would refer to as racism or giving preference to one tribe over another tribe, one ethnicity over another ethnicity, one family over another family, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again takes the human being back to His origin. That you all were created from the same mother and father. What is this racism? What is this uh, preference of ethnicity you have going on? It doesn't make any sense. It would make sense if your origins were different. It would make sense if the dirt that you were created from and the dirt they were created from was different. For example, maybe one could say that. But when you all came from the same origin, what is this claim to superior to to being superior? One tribe being superior to another, one family being superior to another, one ethnicity being superior to the other. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reminded the Muslims again. He said, "This ya Yuhannas inna Khalqnaku min Zakirin wa Untha. We created you from the same man and woman. You guys are children of the same pair. Wa qabaila wa qabaila Then later on, we made you into these different tribes and these different groups and different families, so that you can get to know each other, right? Because when you have categories, that's what helps you understand where somebody falls in terms of their background, in terms of their ethnicity." helps you understand where they come from. Yes, we made all of these, but these were all after. If you go back to your roots, if you go back to your origin, you came from the same place. So there is no, I am superior over anybody else. So you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly taking the human being back to where he came from. And we said that this is a practice that even we can implement in our day-to-day lives, that as much as we have success in our life, when things become difficult, we can always remember times that were much more difficult than the times we're going through. If I lose my job right now, I can remember those days that I didn't even have a job. I can remember those days where I was just trying to get my foot into the door, as they say, right? I can remember those times where I wasn't even being paid properly for the work that I was doing and so on and so forth. The examples that you would have in your life, right? If I'm going through a hard time right now, I can remember times where I went through much harder times. And so we have to take ourselves back to our origins. We have to remember where we came from. If the human being remembers where he came from, then he can understand and keep in mind where he's headed, if he's stuck in the middle, that's where he forgets things. But if he remembers where he came from and why he came here, then he'll remember where he is headed and what direction he needs to move towards. That's why that hadith says, He knows where he came from. He knows where he is now, and he knows where he's headed. Because if he knows where he's coming from, then the, the direction moving forward will become clear to him. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts out this surah with, Al Min الدَّهْرَ Let's take the human being back to that moment where he was nothing. Essentially, he was not even created yet. He, d- he was not even created in the form that we know of today. Okay, this was the first verse that we discussed in depth and in detail last session. Moving on to verse number two. <speaking in Hebrew> then, when we wanted to bring this human being and make him something worthy of mention, what did we do? Then we started creating him. <speaking in Hebrew> we created the human being from this fluid. Amshajan. Amshaja refers to something that is mixed. What is this mix that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to? You will find scholars have different opinions. Some have said that this is a mix of the different attributes that the human being has. Some have said that this is a mix of the female element and the male element that have to come together for the human being to be born. And this second opinion is the opinion that many scholars have accepted mainly because we have hadith saying that this is what the verse is referring to. So this nutfa is a mix of two elements coming together. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the human being. This part of the verse seems pretty simple and clear. The next word that comes after nutfa is where our discussion lies tonight. Inna khalaqna insana min nutfatin We created the human being from this drop of fluid. Amshajan, there's a mixture going on. Nabtali. The first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights after the creation of the human being is what? Is Nabtalih. We started testing him. We are testing him. It's the first thing that he, that he brings up. It's the first thing that he highlights. And it seems as though that the human being from the time he is in the Nutfa, It seems as though these tests are already starting for the human being. Yes, the ups and downs are already starting for the human being. And it seems as though what the verse is saying is that this human being, as he is moving on with life, from the very beginning we have tied the human being to Bala. We have tied the human being to difficulties. We have tied it to ups and downs and the issues that he's going to go through, right? And when you look at other verses of the Qur'an, This just shows us something that we kind of already know if we look around us, in the world around us. And that is this, that you will never find any human being on earth who is fully satisfied with his life. It doesn't exist. And many times when you look at people and you think that the life of this person must be a perfect life, he must be a person who is extremely successful, or a person who is extremely popular, or a person who is extremely beautiful and you think to yourself that this life must be a perfect life, then the moment you start to unveil a little bit from the life of this person, the moment you start to dig a little bit deeper into the life of this person, the more information comes out of the life of this person, then quickly you realize that the life of this person is not perfect at all. After a little bit of a while, you understand that no, he deals with difficulties as well. She is running through tests and difficulties as well. Though this person might have more wealth than me, though this person might have more beauty than me, more popularity, more charisma, whatever you want to call it, this person is being tested as well. And you find that this is a universal principle, that wherever insan goes, wherever the human being goes, Naphtali, the testing also goes there with him. It's almost inseparable from one another. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first point He points out is what? Inna al-insan we created the human being and we tested him. It's inseparable from one another. And when you look at the verses of the Quran, they continuously highlight this. One example of this is what you find at the beginning of Surah Al-Balad. Surah Al-Balad starts out like this: Shaytan al-Rajim, Bismillah rahman La uqsimu balad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts out, he starts swearing by the city of Mecca, this holy land. Ya Rasulullah, We are swearing by Mecca while we know Mecca is where you live. We know that this is where you are. In other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is kind of swearing by the Prophet as well. He's swearing by the status of the Prophet as well. Because he's saying, I'm swearing by Mecca while I know that you are an inhabitant of Mecca. That's where Mecca portion of his value gets from what? From the Prophet living there. La uqsimu بهذا balad wa anta hillum البلد balad. I'm gonna swear by Mecca while I know Mecca is where you live, Ya Rasulullah wa ma walad And I swear by that father. Who's this father? Different opinions. Main opinion is that this is Ibrahim Wa ma walad And that which he gave birth to. And that which he has as a son for himself. Which would refer to Ismail. And I swear by Ibrahim and Ismail who are willing to give their lives for me. All of this to say what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by these really, really important things. To do what? To say what? لَا أُقْسِمُ الْبَلَدُ وَأَنْتَ الْبَلَدُ وَوَالَدٍ وَمَا لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ We said all of this just to tell you one thing. We have created the human being in difficulty. That's how we've done it. That's, that's how we designed this whole process. We created the human being in difficulty. Let's just say we created the human being and then we had him go through some difficulties. No. He was created in the midst of difficulty. So in other words, difficulty and the creation of the human being, they go hand in hand with one another, whichever way you go. And it's interesting because the Quran here is referring to what? When in Surah Al-Insan, he's saying, we created the human being and we tested him. What does that mean? That means it doesn't matter if you're Muslim or you're not Muslim. It doesn't matter if you're atheist or agnostic or Buddhist or Hindu. It doesn't matter. It does, what matters is you're insan. And if you're insan, naptalih is going to be there. The testing is going to be there. And then here in Surah Al-Balad, what do we read? We read, لَا أُقْسُمَ بِهَادَا الْبَلَدُ وَأَن تَحِلٌّ بِهَادَا الْبَلَدُ وَوَالَدٍ وَمَا walad, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ We created the human being in difficulty. Now whether he has faith or doesn't have faith, whether he believes in us or doesn't believe in us, that's a separate issue. Either way, he's going through difficulty. Either way, he's going to have difficulties in his life. So this is something we understand from the verses of the Qur'an, that there are constantly difficulties, there are constantly tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna put in front of us. And this is not really a simple thing to just pass by. It's actually a bit of a scary concept. Because if I know that the tests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are coming my way, and then I look at the faith that I have, and I speak of myself, then I should be concerned. I should be worried, right? And I need to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I need help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he's telling me that the tests are gonna come your way, And at the same time, I look at myself and I say, well, am I prepared for these tests? Am I ready to take these tests on? Doesn't seem like it when I look at my faith. Therefore, I have to constantly seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He gives me the strength to go through these tests. So what are these tests like though? What are these tests? What are the shapes and forms of these tests? How can I know when I'm being tested? What does it look like? The beautiful point about it, brothers and sisters, is that Islam teaches us that tests come in all forms and all shapes. Tests don't come in one way or another. They don't come only in one shape. They don't come in one size. They don't come in one form. They come in all sorts of shapes and forms. And that's why sometimes someone is being tested and they may not even realize it. Because tests come in different ways. It's difficult sometimes even to detect them. It's difficult even sometimes to realize that this is a test. It's difficult even sometimes when you see it happening for someone else to understand that this is a test for them because it's coming in a shape that you may not be very familiar with. When you look at the verses of the Qur'an, the verses of the Qur'an have told us that we're going to test you but we're not going to tell you how exactly we're going to test you. Our tests are going to come in different shapes and in different forms. Take a look at these verses from Surah Al-Baqarah, and then we'll move on to a couple of Ahadith that are extremely beautiful that I want to share with you tonight. Verse 155 through 157 of Surah Al-Baqarah. And we will definitely test you with a little bit of fear. So that's one form of test where I have concerns, I have worries, I have fears. And it seems as though there are times where I might have to go hungry min al الأموال، and when you know this hard this this wealth that I worked hard for، I have to say goodbye to it. Sometimes involuntarily. Sometimes I bat my eye my my eyelids and my wealth is gone. Half my wealth is gone. وانقص من الأموال. والأنفس، and sometimes there are loved ones that I had all of my hope and joy in them، and then Allah subhanahu wa taala takes them away from me. والثمرات and the results and the fruits. So, all these different forms and shapes. Then the Quran says this, and give the good news to those of them who can be patient when we test them. These different forms, these different shapes of tests give the good news to the ones who can be patient. And then he says this, what does it mean for you to be patient? The ones who, when they go through a difficulty, when they go through a test, they are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They recognize that they came from Him and they are returning to Him. But here's the point. This is the verse that we recite many times, and we only use it for when we lose a loved one, when we lose a loved one. Whereas the verses of the Qur'an are saying what? al الصَّابِرِينَ Give the good news to those who are patient. Patient for what? For the four or five different types of tests that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala mentioned. What does this mean? This means that even if I lose my wealth, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is waiting for me to see to see if I say Inna Lillahi Wa Inna Ilaihi If I believe in this phrase or not. This is not just when I lose a loved one. This is not just when I lose al-anfus, as the verse of the Quran is saying. No, even when you have khawf Inna Lillahi Inna Ilaihi Yes. Even when I lose my wealth inna, wa inna raji'un and the other tests and the other difficulties that I go through, this phrase of inna, il, inna, wa inna raji'un, though it has become common for us to mention it only when it comes to losing a loved one, but the verse of the Quran is saying you are to have the same approach when you are tested in other forms and in other shapes as well. Okay, so if I if I'm able to do this, if I'm able to understand that this was a test, if I'm able to be patient with it, then what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gonna do for me? And this line is a very special line because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking in a language that he shows how endear the person who is patient with tests is for him, how much he is beloved. In the eyes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because in the next verse He says this: salawatum mirabbihim." For them, there is a salawat from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala upon them. There is a special mercy from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala upon them. Who else does the Prophet, does Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, send His salawat upon? You know, we send our salawat upon the Prophet, right? It's kind of like a prayer for him. Okay, but when does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send his salawat upon somebody? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, "Inna wa nabi." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his angels, they send their salawat upon the Prophet. And here he's saying the one who is patient, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also sends his salawat upon them. What does that mean? That means that this person is coming in the same category as who? Same category as the Prophet. Doesn't mean at the same level, of course, but within that same category, right? Within that same area, you're now part of that same group that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends His salawat upon. It's not a small thing. And they are the guided ones. So you see that the verses of the Quran are telling you and I that the tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends our way. They come in different forms. They come in different shapes. And this is what you find in hadith as well, that on multiple occasions, the Imams have said that a mu'min, he will be tested in a multitude of ways. He's not just tested in one way or another. Even the loss of wealth, for example, that's not the only way he's tested. Sometimes he can be tested in ways that are extremely uncommon. And so you find in a hadith, this companion of the sixth Imam came to him, and he asked him, Ja'far, this is the fifth Imam. Inna mughira al-Mu'min la yubtala bil bi This person Mughira, who was speaking on behalf of Islam, he says that a true believer he will never be tested with these uncommon diseases. He will never be tested with leprosy, for example. He will never be tested. With, you know, this condition where your body loses the coloring of certain parts of it, right? The skin loses the coloring of certain parts of it. He'll never be tested with these uncommon, and he mentioned some other ones as well. He will never be tested with these uncommon tests. Is this correct? And Imam al-Baqir responds to him. He says, no, Mughayra is wrong. A mu'min will be tested in any form, any shape. Mu'mina yubtala bi kulli baliyat." He will be tested in a multitude of ways. And then the Imam continues. He said, there are some great servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that were tested through their body. They didn't have the things that the limbs, for example, that everybody else has. They may have been missing from their body. He says, the person, the mu'min, mentioned in Surah Yasin. If you read Surah Yasin, you know... There was this man who spoke to his people and told them to believe, right? And they killed him because of his belief. Imam al-Baqir says, this man, he did not have fingers on his hand. He didn't have them. That's how he was born. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises him so highly in the verses of the Qur'an. So what Mughira is saying, that a true believer is not tested in these ways, he doesn't know what he's talking about. la an He didn't pay attention to sahibi yaseen that's in the verses of the Qur'an. This person, from the perspective of mughaira he shouldn't have been tested in this way, whereas we know that he was tested in that way. And the tests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come in different shapes and different forms. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test a person with the child that they have. And this is a difficult thing to speak about, because when Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala tests someone with their child, this is a different difficulty. This is a different test altogether. And if you have children of your own, you know exactly what I'm referring to. How difficult it is that you see your child growing through something and you have to witness this. It's not an easy test. It's one of the most difficult tests that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has had on anybody. Sometimes Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will test the human being with a mental disability that the child has. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test the human being with a physical disability that the child has. Sometimes He will test them with a child that is not on the right path. These are all very, very difficult tests. Imagine a human being pouring their whole life into this young man or this young woman, and then when they see this young man or young woman, when they reach the age of maturity and they want to choose a life for themselves, their life, unfortunately, is a negative life. As much as they want them to be on the right path, they find that their child is not on the right path. This is the test that Nuh salam, was tested with. It's not an easy test. The Quran says when Nuh was watching his child, the, the moments that the Quran is explaining that Nuh was watching his child and he was begging him to come on the ship and his child wouldn't come. And then the Quran mentions so beautifully, وَحَالَ بَيْنَهُمَ الْمَوْجِ fakan مِنَ المغرقين. And as Nuh was speaking to his child and pleading to him to come in the ship, a wave came between them and Noor never saw his child again. These are difficult tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in the life of someone. And amongst these different shapes and different forms of tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in the life of a person are mental health issues as well. Mental health issues are also amongst the tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in somebody's life. I don't know why it is that if we hear for example that someone had an accident and in this accident they took on some wounds and now they need help. They need to go to the hospital, they need to recover. This is something that is totally understood within our communities. But if then we hear that someone is depressed and they need help, all of a sudden this is something very weird to us. It's very odd to us. No mental health issues also fall under this as well. Because the tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in front of someone, they come in all sorts of sizes and all sorts of shapes. Some of them we're more familiar with. Some of them might seem odd to us. Some of them might seem very different to us. And there's more examples to be mentioned of this. I don't want to go into some of the other examples tonight at least. But there are many tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in front of us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us that the one who is able to be patient with these tests, he has a special place in my eyes. Though in the eyes of people, people will look down upon this person. People won't praise this person too much. If I have an illness and I'm in the hospital, and the only thing I'm doing is I'm being patient with this illness that I have, from the perspective of people, I'm not doing much for God. Yes, I'm not doing much for the religion of God. But from the perspective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I might be one of His special servants. The way God does His calculations and the way people does His calculate, do their calculations, extremely different from one another. Extremely different. The way people praise individuals and the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises individuals, these are very different from one another. Right? Take a look at this hadith. They say the Prophet was sitting there one day, and this is from Al-Kafi, Bab al the chapter on sickness, the chapter on illnesses. say the Prophet was sitting there one day, and this is Imam al-Sadiq narrating about the Prophet. He says the Prophet was sitting there one day, and all of a sudden, fatabasam, He smiled. And his companions that were around him, they said, Ya Rasul you smiled and then you looked towards the sky. What's going on? Is there something that you were told? And the Prophet said, Yes, I was told something about a special servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So well, what is it? He said, I was informed that last night there were two angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who went to see the deeds of one of his servants who normally prays during the night. And in order to go and find the servant and to watch the servant and to report his deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they went to the place of his house that is his musalla, the place that he always prays, the place that he does his acts of worship. They went there and they saw that he's not there. He's here every night, but tonight he's not here. And they spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said that we have come to look for your servant because we want to see if he's doing his acts of worship Tonight as well, but we don't see him. Instead, we have found him in another room. He is resting because apparently he is sick. And it seems as though there are no acts of worship tonight. Seems as though he's not doing much tonight. Then, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in return to them? The Prophet is narrating this. Then he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told his two angels you all write down for him whatever he was normally doing on the normal nights. Tonight he is sick. Tonight he is being patient with his sickness. Just because he is patient with his sickness, you are to count all of the other acts of worship that he would normally do, you are to count that as part of his deeds as well. Tonight my servant, all I want from him is to be patient with the difficulty that he's going through. All I want from him is to be sabur. And all I want from him is to not care about what other people say and what other people think about him. As long as he is pleased with what I have decided for his life, that's all I want from him. And this is the reason why the Prophet was smiling. So the one who goes through these difficulties and then he's able to be patient, this person, though it may not seem too big in the eyes of other people, It's not like this person was fighting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not like this person was, I don't know, writing books for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not like he built a hospital for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he didn't do any of these things, but it's still big in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's still big in the calculations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he was just able to be patient with the difficulty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had chosen for him. Similarly, when we have brothers and sisters dealing with mental health issues, they also need to understand this. That if this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for you, then just being patient with this and working your way through it with professional help. This is a test that, you know, don't feel like you're falling behind. There is no falling behind. If you're patient with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in front of you, you are moving towards Him. You're coming closer to Him. Even though maybe I don't feel like reciting these verses of the Qur'an tonight. Even though I don't have the mental strength, for example, to do all these a'mal. No, the tests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come in different shapes and forms. And if someone can be patient with them, then he is moving towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore you find the verses of the Qur'an say, Inna khalaqna فَجَعَلْنَاهُ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا We created the human being. From this nutfa, we created the human being. From this drop of fluid, and immediately there was testing with him. Testing never leaves the life of the human being. And as I mentioned, this is scary. We have to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَجَعَلْنَاهُ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا So we made him have his hearing and his eyesight so that he can use this on his path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Moving on to the next verse, the next verse says this. Inna assabeel, imma shakiran wa imma kafura. And we guided the human being to the path. We showed him the path. Imma shakiran wa imma kafura. Either he takes it or he leaves it. And really, in these three verses of the Quran, there are some points that we haven't covered with regards to these verses. Inshallah, our next session we will cover them. So, what is the purpose of our creation? Is it correct then to say the purpose of our creation was for us to be tested? Or is there something else that comes out of the testing? And how much of a difference does that bring into someone's life? If they are told the purpose of your creation was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to test you versus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you for this lofty purpose. We'll have to talk about that inshallah. We didn't get a chance to get to it in this session. We'll inshallah in the next session. But the verses of the Quran, these three at the beginning of Suratul insan essentially is giving you a summary of the whole life of the human being. There was a time that the human being was nothing. Then we created him and this testing came along. And then we sat there and we showed him the right path. We're going to see if he's going to take the right path or not. This is the essence of our life, bundled up in three verses. Other things that happen in our life, brothers and sisters, many of them are distractions. Many of them are things that just happen. It's not too important. From the perspective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is telling you this is the way you're supposed to look at life. This is what has meaning. This is what has essence in life. There was a time where you were nothing. We brought you into this world and we are testing you and we're just waiting to see if you will take the right path or you will take the wrong path. This is a complete summarization, summary, of why Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala brought the human being into this world and what he's looking for. You've seen sometimes when you have an observer who's an expert, right? A doctor, for example, a coach, a scouting individual. When he's an expert, there might be a lot going on in front of him, but he's looking for certain things. He's looking for certain elements, yes? You might go to a doctor with this very bad wound where there's blood everywhere and everything. And when you go to the doctor, what does the doctor do or what does the nurse do? What do they do? They clean up the wound. Why? Because all the blood, you know, and all the pus and all the, everything that's all over your hand, that's not what matters. What matters is they want to get to the wound. They want to see what's going on with that wound, right? A scouting person, when he looks, he looks at an athlete, there's a lot that this athlete is doing. But he looks at a couple things in this athlete is so the real important thing is how fast can he run? How accurate can he throw this ball, for example? Certain things that he's looking out for. The Quran is telling us this is what you're supposed to be looking out for in your life. So every moment you're supposed to ask yourself, you know, I was tested. Am I choosing the right path or the wrong path? This is a summary of the life of the human being. Imma Shakira either you take the right path and inshallah in the next session we'll talk about why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say imma if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned to us and said i have shown you the path either you take it either you obey me or you don't obey me but that's not what the wording of the wording of the verse says the wording of the verse says imma shakiran either he is thankful or he is not grateful. Why is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala bringing in the idea of being thankful? Of being grateful or being ungrateful? He should have said, we would sit there to watch to see if this person is going to be on the right path or not on the right path. Not grateful and ungrateful. There's something else that he's also trying to allude to in this verse of the Quran as well. But this is the summary of the human being. He was nothing. He was tested. He was created and tested. And we will watch to see whether he chooses the right path or the wrong path. Thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for tuning into another episode of the Tafsir Treasures podcast. I hope that this episode was another step for all of us to coming closer to having a deeper understanding of the Quran and the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you would like to stay updated on the courses the presentations or the other podcasts that mizan institute is offering you can always follow us on the major social media platforms on facebook on instagram or twitter or you can always refer to mizan institute's website which is mizan finally if there is any feedback feel free to leave a review for the podcast or you can always message us directly on any of these platforms so that we can benefit from your feedback for future projects inshallah. Wassalamu alaykum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.